Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. The, as you see in the title, the pillow fight that is coming to Oxford this weekend. And I just, just hit me. Uh, putting pillow fight in the title of the YouTube videos probably going to align me with some weird. I need to rethink that title a little bit. Anyway, anyway, I am glad you guys are with me. Give me one second here. I'll, uh, I'll share the show. And then we will uh, we will get started. Hope you guys are having a good Wednesday night. I, I know there's an important series this weekend. We're going to talk about it. But just give me one second here. Don't type well under pressure. Everything else, at least I think I do everything else well under pressure, except for type. Type is the one thing I don't do. All right, off and running. Uh, as you guys probably already know, my name is Michael Borky. If you are watching on Twitter. Uh, you cannot comment, and I would love for you to comment and, and be a part of this, uh, but if you are watching on Twitter, that's not possible. So hop on over to Facebook or YouTube. Just search my name right there. That's all you have to do. Just search my name right there. Michael Borky, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, like the video as well. That would help me a lot. And also like my Facebook page. If, if you're a Facebook user and that's your uh, your preferred method of choice, hop on over to Facebook. Again, under the same name, Michael Borky. Subscribe, like. All that good stuff. So, pillow fight. That's what I'm calling it. Pillow fight this weekend in Oxford. There's actually a, a really cool thing um, going on right now in other sport or in another sport that you just don't really get in anything else. So I forget what they call it. It doesn't matter. Uh, but you have the MLS, right? Well, the MLS is the highest level of soccer in America, but there's lower leagues, a lot of lower leagues. Mississippi has one. I think, I think just one. Um, but the town in which I grew up has like, I think it's USL or whatever, United soccer league or something. That's a, a lower level, like minor league with no affiliation. It's just the club uh, team in, in Greenville where I grew up. They are hosting an MLS team tonight. In this open cup, it, it's a tournament for all teams. Everybody can, everybody plays in it. MLS all the way down to any semi-professional team that wants to be a part can be a part. Basically, uh, they're hosting an MLS team in my hometown tonight, and they're actually taking them to extra time, which is really freaking cool. I wish we had that in other sports. I mean, I guess you have that with FCS, FBS, and college football, but it's not the same thing. It's not like an open open tournament like this. It can. Uh, I don't think it can be done anywhere else. But anyway, I, that, that's the only other thing I'm following tonight. I thought about doing one of these with you guys on uh, on Thursday, after the game Thursday, but that would be too late. I just, I, I'm not wanting to, to be up that late tomorrow night. But anyway, Jason leads us off, says pillow fight or not. 
This is a playoff elimination series with a miraculous finish, or without a miraculous finish, from the loser. And that's really what this is, right? Because, honestly, just full transparency for me, this series is not grabbing me at all. So it it doesn't grab me at all. I'm not excited about it. I, I will watch it, of course, because I have to. But, but there's nothing about th- this series that, that excites me in any way, shape, or form. I am not looking forward to this. Th- this kind of sucks, honestly. I mean, if you believe the most recent projections, both Ole Miss and Mississippi State are out. Shout out Southern Miss, by the way, uh, are currently slated to be a national seat, which is awesome. Uh, but this kind of sucks. I know there's the the rivalry aspect, which that doesn't grab me like it does some people. Maybe that makes me stick in the mud. I don't know what that makes me, but the fact that this is, well, Ole Miss and State getting together, I mean, that's great, but the quality of play is not going to be great. Uh, And the the fact that the storyline on this is both teams are so bad that the loser of this will be in a hole that will be really hard to overcome in terms of, getting to the postseason in general, it just doesn't grab me. It really just doesn't grab me like it does other people. I'm not excited about the series this weekend, but to your point, Jason, it is important because the loser of this will be in such a hole that I have a hard time seeing them climbing out of said hole. Now, I know State's record is one win better than Ole Miss's, but you guys get my point. I mean, if you can't win a series against this team, who's to say you're going to, to win really anything you've got remaining, you know? I mean, both teams are so bad that you have to win this series. And if you don't, why should anybody think that you're going to magically turn it on down the stretch? Well, there's no reason to. This is an elimination game for all intents and purposes. I do not see – honestly, I don't really see either team becoming just light years better than than what they are right now. And I don't see – that, that flip switch that people are looking for. I, I really don't. I, I would love to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Counting out Mississippi State in the past has, has been a dumb thing to do. Counting out Ole Miss in the past has absolutely not been a dumb thing to do. But still, I, I don't see it in this case. But either way, for all intents and purposes, this weekend is a postseason elimination series. That's what it feels like anyway. So, you know, there's stakes on it. But, like, not good filet or ribeye, right? It's like one of those $6 allegedly New York strips that you get in in a little sale cooler at Kroger where there is absolutely no marbling in it. And if you don't marinate it for, like, 24 hours, it's rubber. Those are the kind of steaks that are on, on the line this weekend. It's nothing good. It's just that they're there. Ramsey says, congrats on your Pelicans winning last night. Great win. Your boy Brandon Ingram showed out. He reminded me a little of myself back in the day. You know what he reminded me of is Kevin Durant. That's what he reminded me of. I mean, he scored at all levels. He scored at the rim. He scored mid-range. He he made three of four outside shots, and he took over. Um, Man, that was so much fun. I'm running on fumes today. I was up late, and then after the game – I couldn't go to sleep. Are you kidding me? So I, my poor wife, I hope I didn't wake her up. Uh, one, like through the fist pumping and the, like I had to, I had to try to keep my voice down. It was more like, let's go, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, plus the baby, you know, I was in here. She was like right there. The baby's right there. Um, but after the game, I, I 
you know, went to bed and I'm sitting here just scrolling through my phone, just like reading everybody tweeting about how awesome this is. So God bless her if she slept through that because I wouldn't have been able to, but I couldn't sleep. That was so much fun. And now they actually have like a legitimate chance at making this thing kind of interesting with Booker's injury. So house money, man, that, that we're just playing with house money at this point, but it's so much fun. Memphis Rebels asking, uh, is Simo the last, or Simo's the last straw, right? Here's my issue with that game. Uh, forgive me if you listened to the radio show yesterday. I'm going to basically repeat myself word for word. It's not that they lost a midweek game. Because, as you know, and I saw a, a local TV sports guy here in the state say something like, well, midweeks just don't matter, but this is still a bad look, or something like that. Um, usually, he's right. Usually, weird midweek losses happen. It's baseball. It happens sometimes. We've seen it happen to good teams. We've seen it happen to great teams. Tennessee lost to Tennessee Tech this year. Uh, well, what do you think would happen if they played 100 times? Tennessee would win 95 of those times. It just midweek baseball can get kind of funky. It's not that they lost to SEMO in the midweek. It's the fact that, forgive my language, everybody, it's the fact that they got their ass kicked by SEMO in the midweek. It's the fact that they are at the point, they have dug themselves into such a hole where every game matters, basically, uh, I know I was countered today and said, well, really only the SEC record matters. You know, maybe that's true, but they're in the first four out category, according to D1. Those guys don't, you know, it's not like they're in the business of being wrong. You know, they have a pretty good grasp of this. If you're in that area and your RPI is 59 or whatever it is, every game should matter to you. And not only did they get beat last night, they got smoked, and it looked like they couldn't have cared less. And that's hard to quantify, of course, but they they proved it. And their coach after the game called it embarrassing because it was embarrassing. What I can't quite figure out is how, after you lose a weekend at South Carolina, uh, you come back knowing that you have to win games to save your season, to save your coach's job. And that is how you come out and play. That's the problem. It's not that they lost the game. It's how they lost the game. I mean, it was embarrassing, honestly, is is what it was. I mean, Bianca was right there. It it was embarrassing. The fact that that's what they turned out after the weekend shows what I've been talking about for weeks now. The mental makeup of that team is a serious problem. It's a real problem. We've been talking about it for weeks. That was another example right there last night, of a, of a persistent issue with this team. Memphis Rebel also says, one more week until I can fully start supporting Southern Miss for the tournament. They're, they're our only hope at this point. Um, Scott Barry's just the best, man. Yeah, he really is. Old school, but like – and they pitch it well, too. What I'm concerned about with Southern Miss is their bats. I, I, I'm worried that when regional, super regional play comes around, if they're going to be able to score enough. I know they're great on the mound. I mean, they've got depth. They've got bullpen guys. They've got front-end starters. They've got it all on the mound. But still, you got to score to win, right? Uh, you have to score at some point to win games. Uh, I, I'm worried that they're not going to be able to do that. You were right. They had Ole Miss current players are mentally weak. I mean, I, 
I would not talk about stuff like this unless they said it themselves. You know, I said this, I guess, Sunday with you guys. Forgive me for being repetitive, but I, I would not have brought that up unless they brought that up themselves. Last night was a manifestation of what we already knew. Is Bianco done? Um, it depends on what you mean by that. Um, not yet. How should I put this? If the season goes the way you think it's going to go, then yes. Um, we had a long conversation about it on the radio show today because that's the conversation that Ole Miss fans want to have right now. I mean, hell, that's the conversation that Mississippi State fans want to have right now. That's the conversation to be had in this state is the, the future of Mike Bianco at Ole Miss. He's been there for 22 years. He, he built the program into what it is today, and uh, there, there's a chance he doesn't return. What I will say is that there, there's really no need for debate, at least in my opinion, relatively educated one. There, there's no need for, for debate. It's pretty cut and dry about results and results on the field and then what will come from those results. It's very, very cut and dry. There's no gray area. There's no what if. If this team happens to find a way to make it to the postseason, let's say they find a way to make it and they go to a regional somewhere and they lose that regional, the end result is what most of you will want it to be. That's that's the bottom line. Um, so, yeah, I guess that does answer your question. Barring a miraculous run, an unexpected miraculous run, that's what the outcome will be. There's no debate to be had. There's no real argument to be made. That's what the outcome will be. Um, I mean, I guess you can debate the merits of that. Um, you know, I've said my piece on that many, many, many times. Um, I think, uh, last thing I'll say on this before I get back to your messages. Uh, we had some people today when we were talking about this on the show say, Things like, be careful what you wish for. It could be worse. Or I had somebody say, he deserves to coach for as long as he wants to there. And stuff like that. The be careful what you wish for thing really drives me crazy, though. That drives me crazy. Um, because what's the point? That's my counter. What's the point? If, the, if you are afraid of being worse... What's the point of even trying? And the example I used was your 401k account, right? I've got one. Uh, when I get my quarterly statements and it didn't grow as much as it should have, I'm pretty pissed, right? I expect it to be better. I would rather the, the guy handling my 401k take more risks for the opportunity of a greater reward. I had, my previous 401k person was way too conservative you need to take more risks because, as Billy Napier said, scared, and, and I'm sure plenty others. I don't know where he got the quote, but scared money don't make money. There's not a successful person. There's not a successful business. There's not a successful sports entity that did not take risks on their way to the top. There's not one. The L.A. Rams just won the Super Bowl. They mortgaged their draft future to get there. Absolutely, they mortgaged their draft future to get there. 
You cannot be successful without taking risks. And if that's your mentality, then what's the point? Well, it could be worse. Sure, it could. You're absolutely right about that. It absolutely could be worse. But would you be saying that when you get your quarterly statement in your 401k and or you get your statement in your 401k in 2022 grows 3%? You going to be okay with that? Well, hey, could have been worse. Could have been worse. I'm not making near as much money as I should, but I could have made less, so I am happy. No. At least that's not how you should be. What's the point of investing another $40 million or whatever into your baseball stadium if you're not going to try to win at the highest level? If you're just going to be content with being 10th in the SEC and Omaha appearances in this tenure? Is that really what you're willing to accept? That is a mentality that has plagued this state for a long time, in my opinion. Because if you're unwilling to take risks to be the best possible, then you're wasting your time and money and energy. Because if I were you, that's not how I would want my program to be run. Where leadership is, could be worse. So let's not try to be better. No. Your only goal should be to win at the highest level. Championships should be it. If you know you're not getting championships, change something. I think it's really that simple. Oh, well, you know, the job 22 decades ago, was, you know, wasn't a very good job. I, I know that. Sadly, I think Mike Bianco is a, a victim of his own success. He's, he's built a standard that hasn't been achieved but once. That's a credit and also a credit to him and also to his detriment. But that's what the program is now. Investment that only a very small handful of programs in the country can say that they match. You're not getting those results. Ah, well, they're pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. But are you you striving to be pretty consistent or winning championships? Because if... You're scared of being worse? Don't even waste your time. How many weeks Memphis Rebel after if in these next four games it's you can go ahead and start then. John's asking, is this the most crucial yet also most underwhelming series between Ole Miss and Mississippi State that you can remember? Uh, Yeah, because you know, most of them it doesn't dramatically shift anything, right? Uh, you know, over the last few years, both teams have been pretty good. State obviously better, especially in the postseason over the last few years. But the winner or loser of this series really only gained bragging rights. It's not like their position in the pecking order or whatever was was altered completely, like it is with this one. So yeah, it, it, it's it's really underwhelming, but at the same time the loser is punished more than they have been since I've lived in this state. Pretty crazy. Ramsey's asking, uh, is the game in Pearl next Tuesday against state actually counted as an SEC game? Not towards conference record. The selection committee views it as a conference game. There's your distinction. 
Jason says stays close and has a schedule to be able to put some things together until Tennessee with Ole Miss, Missouri, A&M, Florida left. I wouldn't sleep on Missouri or Texas A&M or Florida. But I agree with you. I mean, it's not like those are daunt, like un, uh, unachievable series wins or whatever. But A&M is, has become really salty. Uh, they smoked a ranked Dallas Baptist team last night. Uh, they've kind of started to figure it out. Uh, the road is not easy for either one down the stretch. Ramsey says New Orleans is beating Southern Miss tonight in Hattiesburg in the sixth. I love their camo uniforms, by the way. Yeah, the, the privateers, right? Isn't that what they are? The uh, the privateers. That uh, that would be a tough loss for Southern Miss. I mean, it wouldn't knock them out of regional hosting because it's a midweek game, but that's um, that's a game they got to figure out how to win. Let's see. Let's look at the live stats. Sidearm, I like that. Oh, they're up now. Things have changed since you sent that message. Sorry, I'm a little I'm a little late there, but yeah, they're up uh, they're up six to five now, top seven. They put up a three spot in the bottom of the sixth. They fight, man. That's what they do. What's your honest opinion, Ramsey asked? If Ole Miss parts ways with Bianco, do you think Dan McDonald would take the Ole Miss job if offered? I do believe so. Yes. Who wouldn't want to coach in the SEC in front of thirteen thousand fans in a top five facility in college baseball? Uh, very few people, if any. I mean, that's that's the thing is uh, I, I've had some people ask me, well, what message does, does that send when you fire a coach a year after he goes to a super regional? That, that's looking at it in a very macro sense. Um, if I was Dan McDonald or Link Jarrett or any of these guys that are possible candidates for this job, I see a place that's top five in investment. They've got a great facility already that's about to get $40 million pumped into it a fan base that is rabid and engaged, uh, a real chance at actually getting NIL money for my baseball players, which is something that does not happen but for like four other programs in the country. Um, And also they gave the previous guy 22 years despite making the one thing that anybody actually cares about one time. It's an attractive job. And I I do believe that uh, if – McDonald's candidate number one that he would take the job. I do believe that. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned that that would uh, that that would happen as well. You know, people that may be more connected than than me in baseball circles, but I do believe that would happen. Um, Ole Miss offers everything more than Louisville. Everything is advantage Ole Miss, and I would say the same thing about Mississippi State too, for what it's worth. Um, no, they would have a, a small list of candidates, and it wouldn't take them long to find a replacement that would be a great hire because that's what happens. I mean, Mississippi State was – Chris Monis was an option number one, and they were able to hire a sitting power five, if you will. I know baseball is a little bit different, but they were able to hire a sitting power five head coach with a good postseason record and winning at a level that that school that he was at doesn't win much. These are attractive jobs. High-paying, real fan support, real chance at NIL, you only get that at, like, LSU, Arkansas, and there's, I'm sure, a few others that, like, could get into that space if they chose to, but not many. Not many at all. State needs a pass this year. We were handicapped once Landon went down, plus other bad breaks. Ole Miss is a whole other story. I agree with that. Uh, I said that on the show a few weeks ago, and people did not like that I said that, and it, sure enough, uh, losing a Elite level pitchers dramatically 
affects your team's ability to win games. Imagine that. Memphis Rebel says, I don't understand how a lot of Ole Miss fans think Keith Carter won't have the guts to fire Bianco just because he didn't fire Kermit Davis. The circumstances are quite different. Um, There's also a few million dollar difference between the two. And, I mean, long story short with Davis, they have been told specifically, you make the tournament or or you will be gone. I've seen a lot of people do the whole, I'm out on Keith Carter. He's lost all his goodwill from the football hire. First of all, the football hire is 10 times more important than anything that happens with basketball or baseball or any other sport. Uh, As long as football is good, the others just don't matter. I mean, Ole Miss is bringing in their biggest uh, freshman class ever. You want to know why, or at least a big part of why that's happening? Because football's good. That's the lifeblood of everything. But I know that he has the guts to do it. Trust me. For whatever my opinion is worth to you, could be nothing, could be a lot, somewhere in between. I don't know. You can believe me, you cannot believe me. If the trajectory continues, there won't even be a thought. Won't even be a thought. What has to be done will be done. I I know that. I know, like, capital K-N-O-W, know that. That's not a guess. It's really cut and dry and simple. It will take a miraculous turnaround in a deep postseason run to change that from happening. But that's not going to happen. Jason says, I love Bianco, but the situation is toxic. You can't bring him back short of a miracle run to Omaha. Hell, I think the toxicity around Bianco, Omaha, the LSU thing has a lot to do with it. No doubt it does. No doubt. You um, you interview for the LSU job. They do not offer you the job. You come back and a team with high expectations underperforms. That That is a recipe. Yeah, put it all together in a little pot and set it on high. It's a recipe for toxicity, man. I mean, yeah, no doubt. John, I agree with you. The same thing occurs within the program, and the results remain the same. It's been two decades. If that's how this season ends, it'll be taken care of. So, I don't know how how deep I want to get into this tonight. Um, It's really hard to fire somebody for doing something that you wanted them to do. I've seen a lot of people say that. Oh, he he interviewed for LSU. He should have been fired on the spot. Well, then what are you going to do with Lane Kiffin? Because he's put his name in the hat of, like, every big job that's come open, whether it was serious or whether it was just for leverage or just for fun, because I believe all three of those things have happened separately. On three, a reference today that he was really interested in the Oregon job, nah. Nope, that, that's just BS, but that happened. Now, he did not formally like sit down interview with any of them, but you, you really going to get into the business of firing coaches because they have interest in other jobs? Maybe, and I know it's LSU, and I know it was a sit-down formal interview. I, I get all that, but the, the wild card in all of that is that 
Ole Miss wanted that interview to happen, and he, they wanted the job to get offered and accepted. So when that didn't happen, when 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 Mike kind of got played by LSU a little bit, you can't fire him for doing something that you wanted him to do. You can't do that. And you, you can question the strategy, but the strategy was that will solve all of our problems. Yes, interview with LSU and get that job. Thank you. And it didn't work. I actually thought it was a pretty pretty savvy strategy, to tell you the truth. I think that would have solved a lot of problems. And it, it didn't happen. Scott Woodward was doing, not a favor, but basically shutting some people up by doing that. I agree. I have a problem, you say, with people who say don't blame him, blame the players for not being tough. Yeah, but who's the one that recruited them? It always goes back to the leader. Always, always, always goes back to the leader of the business, leader of the team, program, organization, whatever. If your employees aren't doing satisfactory work, it's on the person that hired them or on the person that is leading them. If the players aren't tough enough, it is on the person that recruited them or it's on the person that's developing them. I think it's a bad excuse, personally. Is Dan McDonald just another Bianco? Um, he gets to the College World Series. Rumors are that DJ Jeffries will go to Ole Miss. Would that be a nice pickup in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it would. I don't know if that solves everything. That is very interesting. But, no, I, I don't I don't think that's like – I don't think that's a game changer uh, by any stretch, to tell you the truth. I also – I assume he's graduated, which is, is why that he'd, he'd be able to transfer again and play. But – Yeah, it would be a good pick. It would be a talented player, a good, a good pickup. It would. Um, I just don't think it will change the circumstances anyway. Jason says we have some crap fans in the state. Quote family. I, I see. I can't even wrap my mind around people saying things about Chris Limonis. I, I can't even. I can't even do it. Uh, Scott Dan McDonald. It would be, I believe, number one. There's a couple of others. Uh, Link Jarrett, maybe. You know, some people are talking about Brad Bohannon, which would be interesting. But Dan McDonald would be my first call. You know, he knows all about your program. And he goes to the College World Series. A lot. He goes to the College World Series. What else can he ask for? He has Louisville, a con- a consistent winner. It's a disaster of an athletic department. I mean, they don't they don't charge for their baseball games. That's the only way they can get people to show up. Always ranked, frequent visitors to the College World Series. Scott, honestly, I, I don't want to attribute that level of intellect to him. I know I think he was just doing a favor to others and happened to have a uh, caught a stray in the process. 
I don't think it was as sinister as some people do. I think he was doing a favor and caught a stray in the process. Yeah, Ramsey, I agree with that as uh, as well. Tadlock would be interesting. I think Link Jarrett would be a good hire. He's at a difficult place to coach, no, uh, no doubt. Difficult place to coach, no doubt. So that's uh, – you know, that's that's this weekend, right? That's this weekend. What's my pitch to Vitello if you were able to get an interview with him? Um, I think it's very simple. I'll make you the highest paid coach in the country because they can do that. You will have an expedited $40 million add-on to already one of the better facilities in the country. Not the best, but one of the better ones. Uh, and and they're, we're about to put $40 million into it. Again, this would be my pitch. Highest paid coach. You've got facilities that very few people have, fan support that very few people have. Your players can actually get NIL deals here. So you can recruit to that. You can recruit to an elite facility. You can recruit to an elite fan base. You can recruit to the chance of actually getting an NIL deal, which you cannot get at Tennessee, not really, That's what that would be. The, I think it's really simple. I don't know. I mean, I know Keith Carter hired Lane Kiffin, right? So he's okay with that. That a different personality. I don't know if Tony Vitello's mannerisms and actions would be something that Carter would tolerate. I guess at the end of the day, wins are wins, right? But that would be an interesting one. But yeah, it's really simple. It's highest paid. And facilities and fan support that you'll never get at Tennessee. Never. Scott, I don't buy that for a second. I, I don't buy that Dan McDonald thing. It w- would put aside more money in a better job because he and Chris Lamonis are buddies. I don't buy that for a second. No real competitor would, would stop themselves from taking a step up because their friend coaches a team that he would play annually. I would love to coach against friends of mine. <laughs> I mean, that would be fun. Uh, no, I don't buy that for a second. I don't believe that for a second. Kermit Davis is honestly on borrowed time, you say. Coaches, players jumping ship, no decent recruits. What's the only strategy here? Uh, hold your nose and um, go through the coaching cycle next year where the market is a little bit uh, more in your favor than this last one was. That's the strategy. That's the strategy. Uh, UT fans think they have the deepest pockets of the two programs. Maybe like in total alumni, sure, maybe they do. Um, but no, not when it comes to baseball. The, the, the give a damn is just not there. The only reason why they pretend to care right now is because they have one of the best teams in the country. Uh, next year, if they're just like teetering on the edge of top 25, nobody there cares. It's not a real baseball fan base. It's a um, front runner fan base. And that's okay. I mean, I understand it's a niche sport. Not everybody cares about baseball. I get it. I'm not mocking. That's just reality. When it comes to baseball, they don't care anywhere close and they won't invest anywhere close to what Ole Miss could in terms of NIL and all that stuff. Better job? Yes. Ole Miss is objectively a better baseball job than Louisville. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's a better job. No doubt. 
Yeah, Jason, I will. I, I'll spend some time this summer looking at the schedules, and I'll look into Arizona because part of me wonders if that's a game that people are just writing a W next to that may not be that simple. Now, State should be, based on what I know about Arizona, better than them. They were pretty atrocious last year. But some people out west that cover Pac-12 football seem to think that some strings are being pulled correctly now. So I'll look into that for uh, for sure. I'll look into that for sure. So, so yeah, we had a retirement, by the way, in uh, in college basketball. Another one that didn't come with a pathetic "everybody look at me, tell me how great I am" ceremony. It's almost like um, that's not required to retire. But anyway, anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll be back with you on Sunday to recap the weekend. If anything interesting happened in this series, anyway, we'll be here to talk about it. Like the video if you haven't already. Find me on YouTube if you haven't already. Just search my name. Like the video, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Appreciate that. Sunday, 8 o'clock. I will see you guys then. Y'all have a good weekend. Try to enjoy the baseball. And I'll uh, see you guys on Sunday. Talk Mississippi Media Production.